Next on BYU Sports Nation, the Cougars are playing three Pac-12 teams who expect to compete for a Pac-12 title. How many of those dreams can the Cougars wreck? We go all access with defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki and defensive end Devin Kafusi. And with less than two weeks to go, where does the Cougar defense need to improve the most? BYUSN starts now. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Our control room is completely blue. Tobias Funke in there. Uh, it is Friday, August 16th. I'm Jerem Jordan, teamed up with one of the 7,000 who won't be buying alcohol at Neyland Stadium in Week 2 against Tennessee, Jason Shepard. That statement is true for many reasons. Uh, probably the most, or the biggest reason why, is I will not actually be there. I will be in the plush BYU Radio studios for that game. Yeah. Uh, but also because I don't drink alcohol. And for those that are kind of curious as to why we're bringing this up, uh, Tennessee Athletics announced they will start serving alcohol at sporting events beginning with the BYU football game. Now, Tennessee plays Georgia yes. State in week one. This is so 100% why, trolling BYU. Why BYU in week two? They have a home game. They're choosing not to do it then. They're doing it against the team that doesn't drink alcohol. They're choosing to do that. That is not by accident. Stay thirsty, my friends. Here's what's on the show today. One-on-ones from practice with defensive coordinator Elias Tuiaki, defensive end Devin Kafusi, and our first clue as to where the Cougars perhaps could go bowling beyond this season. We will discuss. The Wilke? Uh, yeah, that, <laughs> that for sure. But first, today's headlines. Football practice 14 came and went in unique fashion as the players ran the entire day, including meetings and practice. After practice, Kalani Satake gave an update on defensive back seniors Chris Wilcox and Troy Warner. Yeah, Chris is still working on him. We're still trying to debate on um, what to do with him this year. So I think he's going through some um, rehab and some injury uh, recovery. So we'll see how that progresses between now and the game time. So the same apply to Troy Warner? Yeah, same thing. Yeah, I mean, those guys probably don't need a lot of game reps, but we'd like to get them ready soon uh, if they're going to play in the game. I did follow up on that and ask, have you considered with the redshirt rule to just save them for the last four games if they're not healthy? Clank said, no, I hadn't thought of that yet. Jerk. <laughs> You've given me more to do. <laughs> yes. Thanks for you, adding something to my plate. You had thought of it, Kalani. Come on, man. Big night for Bronson Kafusi in NFL preseason action. Finished with three tackles, a tackle for loss, and a sack in a 22-10 New York Jets win over the Atlanta Falcons. Kafusi's strip sack uh, of Falcons quarterback Matt Sims led to a fumble recovery and touchdown by the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. Very nice. Doing the haka, getting uh, yeah. strip sacks. That's great. Taysom Hill, Corbin Kafusi and the Saints play Michael Davis and the Chargers Sunday. Daniel Sorensen and your Chiefs Go play Chiefs. this weekend, taking on the Steelers. Tomorrow night, Kyle Van Noy and the Patriots play the Titans as well. BYU Women's Soccer hosts Colorado College tomorrow night at Southfield. This will be the Cougars' final exhibition match before kicking off the regular season at Alabama next Thursday. Listen on BYUCougars.com and the BYU app with Greg Rubel and Avery Walker. Pre-game at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time, first kick at 9 Eastern. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending? 
You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. In the first four games, BYU faces three Pac-12 teams. I hope at some point those are conference games. Expectations are high for all three of those Pac-12 opponents. Utah, of course, the preseason pick to win the league. They're so good. Washington has won two of the last three Pac-12 titles. And now ESPN's Edward Ashoff reports USC Athletic Director Lynn Swan told head coach Clay Helton the expectation is to compete for the Pac-12 title. <laughs> USC was 5-7 and seven last year, won it the year before. Jason, are the Cougars potentially the Pac-12 title wreckers? I like the idea. I like the way that sounds, but the answer is no, they are not. And for this reason, losing to BYU, if you were any or all, which is what we're hoping that all three lose to BYU. Whoa. uh, It doesn't have any bearing on winning the Pac-12. It's a a non-conference game. It's the beginning of the year. It really has no bearing in terms of... Pac-12 aspirations and winning that winning that conference where it does hurt, though, is nationally, specifically with Utah to a lesser degree, Washington, because it seems like Utah is getting more pub. Uh, Any loss is going to hurt the caliber of postseason that they see. People are talking about, you know, obviously going to the Rose Bowl, college football playoffs, dark horse this. That's why beating Utah in game one would be so sweet, certainly because of the streak, but also to put a major dent in their lofty expectations of being a college football playoff team. I wonder if these teams uh, in a loss with BYU would be affected as they play in conference play. So they are disconnected, but perhaps they're connected more than we think in that if Utah loses its first game to BYU, the dark horse uh, semifinal contender kind of thing probably goes out the window because I think you can assume there's a loss, another loss in there somewhere. Right. And if you are a two-loss Power 5 champ, chances are you are out of the mix in the uh, college football playoff. You could get in with two losses, but it's way less likely. So uh, if USC loses to BYU, they're they're toast. They are done. Which I do believe is going to happen. Because they play Fresno State and Stanford before BYU. Yes. That's really tough. And then guess what? After BYU, it's USC and Utah in week four, I believe. So this is tough. Washington, also a team that is in the mix. Um, yeah, could could they wreck their seasons in league? No, but could they wreck their seasons overall? That would lead to wrecking their season in league. Yes, I think BYU can play spoiler. And perhaps BYU could be a good loss if the Cougars are a 9 or 10 win team this season. If BYU beats Utah, we're looking at a team capable of winning 10 games. If BYU doesn't, I don't think it's probably on the table. Um, because to rebound emotionally from that, I think it's going to be tough, especially given what's happening the next three games. So could BYU wreck the Pac-12? Eh, yes and no. Yes and no. I think it's intriguing that three of those four are Pac-12, though. Has there ever been a game one that means as much as this one does for BYU? You could argue 09 Oklahoma coming off of 08. That's the, that's right? the, that's the other one that I because thought of. it was Jerry's World, Cowboys Stadium, number three Oklahoma. That ended, out, trophy that ended quite well. And that ended well. Um, so if BYU can uh, sprain the AC joint of Tyler Huntley in the second quarter, then perhaps the same result will ensue, right? Yet that was a 20th-ranked BYU team. That was a better team matching up with a really good Oklahoma team, right? But you're right. It all comes down to Utah on August 29th. Countdown to the Utes. 13 days. Riley Nelson Day. 
who we saw yesterday. Riles. Yeah, he was at practice. Good to see him. My uh, my broadcast partner on Cougar pregame live. Yeah, and Greg Rubel's broadcast partner on the games. You're going to be buddies. You're going to be pals. We're going to hang out. Yeah, we're going to hang out. Yeah. Now on to topic number two. We're officially under two weeks from game one at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Let's go, baby. And and we've heard the players and the coaches talk about the progress the team has made, but also where there needs to be improvements. And last night, last night, Coach Sataki talked about the depth of this roster. The, the twos are only one play away from getting in, so we have to get them all ready. But, um, the competition's been going good. I, I think the middle linebacker competition's really, really looking nice, and the depth chart at corner is looking good for us too. So I, I'm really impressed with the young guys that have stepped up and the newcomers that are coming to the program. So I think uh, I think that gives us a, a bright future. Jerem, which position group are you most confident in, and then on the other side of things, most concerned about? Quarterback by far, Zach Wilson. Uh, we saw good things from Jaron Hall in spring. He has yet to kind of show it in a game. Should he be needed in that way? Hopefully not, right? Uh, but perhaps they use him in other ways. We'll see. I like the running backs as well. Uh, I think that's a group that's nice with Lopini Katoa and Tyson Williams and Emmanuel Supa. We haven't seen Tyson Williams and Emmanuel Supa at BYU quite yet, but I think they'll be good. Most concern is middle linebacker. Uh, who's one, who's the guy Two. how good is he going to be? Right. Uh, Kavik Fonua is banged up a little bit. Keenan Peely, Jackson Kafusi, Peyton Wilgar. Who's the guy? The game's in 13 days. The middle linebacker is the quarterback of the defense. He's making calls. He's got to be your number one tackler and run stopper uh, beyond that initial line of defense. Uh, who's the guy? So a little bit of concern there. Be always confident in those guys. Yet they're all kind of young and unproven. And uh, perhaps there's a little hesitation with, well, I just haven't seen it yet. That doesn't mean it won't happen. But uh, you just don't know quite yet. Yeah, I'm with you on the position group I'm most confident in. I'm going quarterback. And... I'm I'm 100% bought in to Zach Wilson. I, I was last year, and now that by, isn't I know by all indications the fact that he's going to be ready to go and that the surgery was a success and everything is kind of in the rearview mirror in terms of that. There's no reason to think otherwise. And we saw what he was able to do last year and and just the poise he has. And and in talking with everybody, he he's he has taken that next step forward. Then you have Jaron Hall, who we all love. But in in talking with people, the athleticism is certainly something that sticks out and that's pretty obvious but there just hasn't been a drop off when he's come in and had reps the offense still has been able to move so quarterback's position that that I'm most confident in in terms of this the uh, the concern I'm going to go with secondary just in general so corners and safeties and mostly because of depth and I know that, that Coach Satake was talking uh, about depth and now you know, everybody's just one play away from those two positions. And, and we heard from him in, in the previous segment talking uh, about you know, Troy Warner and Chris Wilcox. And those are guys that they're still trying to, to kind of get an indication on where they are. If, if you don't know 13 days yeah. out, that's not looking good. Like, I think one. it's mostly depth with those two positions. Like Obviously, you have Diane Gawolaku at one corner, which I love. I love yep. that moving him back over there. And I think that really solidifies. I love Austin. Austin Lee as, as one of your safeties, but you know, heaven forbid, if something were to happen to those, are the guys behind them um, good enough to step up? So I think for me, I just want to see that depth in action. That that's probably my biggest concern. Yeah, there are certainly uh, uh, unproven areas, right, where BYU needs to uh, show that. If Chris Wilcox and Troy Warner were healthy, I think we'd be feeling really good. Absolutely. About the secondary, but it appears that they are not. By the way, Moroni Laulapututau, still not in practice, hoping to see him soon. We've been hearing that rhetoric all week. 
Um, the question is, can he come in and be physically ready uh, and then just go into the games and we're good? Like, is he gamer in that way? Um, it feels like BYU is comfortable kind of where they're at with him, which is good news. And given the injury to Hank Tui Pelotu, who by all accounts was playing as well as Matt Bushman and everybody else um, with the injury, MLP is going to be even more of a big deal once he gets there. Topic three. With so much conversation about the offense, where does the defense need to improve the most in the next 13 days? It's something that I just mentioned. I, I think it's still depth. Beyond just the, the, the secondary that I mentioned, I think it's, it's overall Depth is where the biggest improvement needs to come on that side of the ball, in my opinion. So, unfortunately, the depth has been challenged in in recent years. Last year, specifically, I mean, one game, you don't need to look any further than than the Utah game. Mm -hmm. Depth really hurt BYU. You had the big lead, and then... You had some pretty significant players go out, and, and things just kind of fell apart. Ones versus ones, I think BYU stacks up with any of the opponents that they'll face. I, I, I'm not that concerned about that. The really good teams, though, can maintain that high level by using their twos, and when necessary, mixing in some of the threes. You hope you never have to use depth, and everyone stays healthy, but in sports, that's just not always the case. So I, I think that's where I want to see the biggest improvement on the defensive side is, is the depth. And again, you hope you don't have to use it, but you always history, have to use it. history says you're going to have to use it. Yeah, it's too violent of a game not to. No, And, no and especially with it. the first yeah. four games, with the way BYU schedules, you have your, your toughest physically yes. opponents to start the year. Yes, absolutely. It's takeaways, no doubt. BYU stunk at this last year. 18 all of last year. That was 78th nationally. That's not good enough. BYU's got to take the ball away. Fumbles, I feel like you can control to a certain degree. Interceptions are less uh, proactive. I think the quarterback has to make a poor throw. You can make a good play on a ball, but I I think turnovers to some degree are somewhat accidental or... uh, you know, you can't go and make that play always. Sometimes that's got to be a play that the offense gives you. So it's hard to gauge that. Uh, 2016, BYU had like 31. They were tied for second in the country with Utah. That was awesome. There was no way they could replicate that the next year. <laughs> There's some level of luck associated with that. But here are some stats that BYU values, by the way, uh, defensively. Pass plays of 20-plus, rushes of 10-plus. They want to prevent, you know, three and a half yards per carry or less. yards per attempt, which is crazy aggressive. Nobody in the country did that last year. And then uh, takeaways I mentioned, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The BYU defense was top seven in rushes of 10-plus and passes of 20-plus last year. Now, I, I think we need to be careful looking at how many points did they give up, how many yards. Tempo, uh, you know, bloats those numbers sometimes, right? But what BYU did was they didn't give up too many explosive plays. They were one of the best teams in the country of not allowing long pass plays and long rush plays. I I think that the defense perhaps was better than we even thought, but I think they need to improve on takeaways. Well, and and while certainly my concern was was depth if you have to use it, I've mentioned this multiple times. The defensive side of the football is, has a track record of success. It has a track record that the scheme works. And some of these numbers that you were talking about, th- that, that echoes that. So I think this, def- this defense 
can be very, very good this year. There's still obviously some holes you need to plug in the middle linebacker, which we'll hear about coming up. But overall, the track record of what's possible with this defense is very, very good. And uh, your conversation with Elisa Tuiaki coming up, how prepared is this BYU yep. defense? You'll hear from the D.C. The question of the day, what's the biggest area of improvement that the BYU defense needs to make this season? Let's get to the voice of the nation. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. On Instagram, BYU Ben. This isn't Ben back. I was going to say, is this our Ben? What? Uh, Our cornerbacks. Yeah, it's not Ben. He he said our. (laughs) Need to consistently shut down receivers long enough so that our D-line can be making stops in the backfield, which will create more opportunities for us to score because our offense will have the ball more. Uh, I think it, uh, a good defense starts with a good pass rush, right? If you can fluster uh, the quarterback a bit, you, you can be mediocre in the secondary, right? Yeah. And, and yet, uh, there are quicker offenses now, so it's hard for a D-line to have the impact that they've traditionally had in the backfield. Right? On Twitter, at uh, BYU underscore Homer 7, we're, all, we're one through six taken. Havoc plays from the D-line. We were stout on the D-line, but our TFL, sacks, and overall Havoc plays were abysmal. Uh, BYU certainly can improve in what's called havoc rate. Gregor Bell's talked about it before. Uh, That is those things that you mentioned, including takeaways and sacks and TFLs and pass breakups. That's something that every defense wants to focus on, absolutely. It'd be nice if you were great at everything. you got to focus on probably one (laughs) or two things, right? Coming up, Brett McMurphy sheds some light on BYU's bowl game future. And who is the starting middle linebacker, and is the defense ready for Utah? Jason's conversation with defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki is on deck. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, did Keith really start a dance-off between BYU football, women's soccer, and the Cougarettes? Yes. Yes, she did. But what else went down at the Cougar kickoff? Check it out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and the YouTube. We are simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The show is also on demand via the podcast and BYUSN.com. Elisa Tuiaki became the defensive coordinator for the first time when he arrived at BYU in 2016. Now he's in his fourth season with a group of veterans and talented newcomers that hope to maintain the good defenses that BYU's put up the previous three seasons with uh, his leadership at the helm. Here's Jason's conversation with the Cougar DC yesterday after practice. Coaches, we're doing this interview. We've got the, uh, the cold tubs right in our view. I want to know, have you, how many times have you been in the cold tub after, uh, after practice? Shoot, man, that was my life when I was a player. <laughs> Matter of fact, I was just jumping there all the time last year. Haven't been in there this year. I probably should. You're giving some of the players a hard time because they're trying to kind of ease into it because it's so cold. It's never right to ease into anything. Go full speed. It's like a Band-Aid, just rip it off. Just rip it off. Some of them go in there with their little foot buoys and all that. Like, dude, take that off. So take me through practice today. You, you guys got the day off. You guys probably got to sleep in, have a late lunch, maybe watch some Netflix during the day because it was a player-run practice. That's how the day went, right? It was really, really good. It was a really good day. Not, not that we had the day off, but uh, um, what, what Kalani did as far as putting them in charge, um, you know, the, the, the 
organizational part of it as far as a coach. I mean, that's just kind of what you do. But but uh, to sit in a in a chair, in a different chair with a different view, listening to the players, kind of figuring out. Now I was taking notes the whole time. Okay, these guys understand this. They don't They don't understand this. They may understand this incorrectly. Or I really like the way that they're, they're using language in this. I mean, it was... It was really good, and uh, you know, us as coaches, as soon as we we're done with just the player meetings, they went, I and mean, we got together and talked a little bit about some of the things that uh, we could change as far as uh, being better teachers. And and uh, but I thought the practice portion of it was good because uh, you, you saw a lot of just tactical football, you know, and and uh, those guys talking and those guys just kind of arguing a little bit, which was which was really good because. You know, there were certain calls there. Troy Warner was 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 calling the defense, right. and um, you know Isaiah was asking for for specific calls in other times. And the Dean line was like, "We're expecting run on this down. We would rather be in this front. You guys calling this." And so it was it was really good for them to kind of talk and and figure things out. Um, you know, understand tactical football a little bit better. Understand just you know increasing their football IQ. And so it was actually fun, really really fun to be around. Kalani had talked about how it helps the players kind of take ownership of the team, being able to be in that kind of, uh, of a position. And it really leads to something that he's talked a lot about since the beginning of camp, and that's leadership, something that he said he's been really impressed with this team, I assume probably the same for you. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's been fun to be a part of. And, you know, Kalani going into his fourth year um, is speaking and seeing with a lot of clarity and, uh, you know, making different demands on coaches as far as making things better, demands on, on players, but also making making demands out of himself. And it's just, it's been it's been fun to be a part of, fun to be around a head coach who has, going into his fourth year as a head coach, is just getting so much better, so much faster. I mean, his learning curve is unbelievable. And I'm excited to, for this year, I'm, I'm also excited to be part of a, a staff where a head coach is, is unbelievably uh, good, like, like how Kalani is. Kalani also said that you guys were actually put through some drills some uh, maybe some some punts how, were you part of this and how did you do I was the first one up and and uh, they almost tricked me because everybody's kind of surrounding you catching punts off the jugs and I was the first one up it was kind of like you know starting to get rowdy and all of a sudden I look up and this ball's in the air like they just <laughs> shot it off I wasn't ready but I caught it so you know nobody should be surprised by that <laughs> I caught. I don't know who dropped it. It was it was so chaotic inside of the drill. I think there were a couple of guys that dropped it, maybe one or two. But uh, most of the coaches did a pretty good job. How would you assess where the defense is right now, two weeks before the first game? Um, I think that uh, with the youth, there's always there there's always things to to fix. There's always things to uh, refine. Is probably the better word for us. Um, we're excited going in with a couple of weeks left. Uh, with who we have, um, we're we're not quite ready yet as far as just uh, getting exactly where we need to be. But come Monday, um, you know, we're going to feel pretty good as a coaching staff about the plan that we'll have in place, as well as just the players that are ex- executing the plan. Um, and that's really going to narrow things down, and and uh, the players will really start to sharpen. And right now, it's just kind of like the whole playbook, right. random plays that they're throwing at you. But w- once we start to really focus in and uh, you know, do what we do against what we, we think we're going to face as well as being ready for everything, then we'll, we'll, we'll be really, really confident going into that game. So you guys, and, and Coach Tataki alluded to this, you guys haven't got into Utah prep yet. It's more about you guys and, and finding out where you guys are. Then you'll get into specific stuff for Utah, right? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Right now it's really just been um, scheming up our offense, just, uh, you know, football stuff for us as coaches as far as uh, what we like in certain situations and, 
and uh, certain schemes. But then uh, we as a coaching staff have started watching, but we haven't put together a game plan yet. And so it's it's uh, it's really just kind of been soaking in. And, and uh, you know, every morning we come back together as a coaching staff, there's always a, a coach that comes back and says, hey, think about this, think about this. And we'll, we'll put it up on the board and, and uh, you know, kind of starting to have visions of what we want. And uh, I mean, we're, we're going to be really, really excited for when the whole thing is put together and, and when that day comes. Last Saturday was kind of a perfect example of this, and you'd held a lot of the defensive guys out of live drills, obviously want to keep them healthy, make sure they make it to, to August 29th. How difficult is that as the coordinator to, to monitor that? Because you want these guys to have practice time, and you want them to get reps, but you also you, you just don't want to see anybody hurt. Yeah, you know, they're, they're practicing. Really, what we just pulled them from all the live tackle stuff. And, um, you know, for, for the D linemen, for instance, um, there really is no difference. You know, the, the way that we practice and the way that they're going, it's hard for you to, to not go full speed all the way. The only thing is we don't, we don't tackle the running backs. We just kind of chest them up, and uh, we stay away from the quarterback, but we know when we're close enough. And, uh, you know, really the, the way that uh, a lot of teams are practicing now, especially with the NFL and, and uh, things that are changing and starting to go to the way of protecting players, you've got to be a team that learns how to practice fast, learn how to practice um, physical up front, but not – hurting anybody and i think that our our players are doing a good job with it you know open field tackles and all that stuff is always kind of a concern and uh really the focus has been putting yourself in good body position if i I know if you're if your feet are right and you you're close enough or you're chesting them up and your face mask is up and you're protecting yourself you're close enough to make a tackle and so we just continue to harp on those things but uh i I thought the the player has been doing a really good job and we just have to do we just have to make smart decisions as coaches to make sure that uh, some of those tackle situations where somebody could get rolled up or, you know, uh, just get dinged up, that we just keep them out of it so that they're ready for the game. Middle linebacker is one of those positions that everyone's kind of focusing on and kind of curious to see how that plays out. Where do things stand with the middle linebacker position right now? They're, they're still competing. Um, you know, Keenan Peele's done a really good job. He's probably the one right now that sticks out to us um, as uh, the guy that, that could possibly go on as a starter. But we're really liking how um, Jackson Kofusi's competing. We're liking how Peyton Wilgar's competing. Um, you know, Kavika Fonua just kind of being stung a little bit by injury is, is a guy that we already trust because he played backer for us for a whole year before he moved to running back. And so we feel comfortable about those guys competing um, at the Mike Backer spot. Um, you know, it's just uh, we'll continue to, to those guys will continue to get better in, in the upcoming weeks leading up to the game, and we'll we'll uh, decide on a starter. I think a little bit uh, a little bit later. What have you been your thoughts on uh, on the safeties and the corners? Not just maybe the guys that will be the starters, but the depth at those positions. Uh, yeah, you know, I think that we've got decent depth. Um, a guy goes down, then you would really start to, to be concerned right now. I think we feel pretty good about who's out there. Um, you know, the, the corners are young. There's some guys competing. Um, but uh, we have decent depth there. We just we just need to make sure that everybody's healthy. It's the same thing with the safety group. If we end up losing a guy, then you're kind of re-looking at things and, you know, moving a corner over perhaps or doing certain things. But right now we, we feel pretty good about the depth that we have. We just got to keep everyone healthy. Well, in physicality, I know something you've talked about and Coach Satake's talked about it. It seems like there has been no lack of physical play, which I know you guys are really looking to see this team bring. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of on par for the defense, and and it's not. I don't think anything specific to just you know me as a coach. It's these boys are these boys are physical. They're mean, and uh, they love contact. And so it's it'll it'll be right right along what we've been doing for the last few years. Right along what BYU uh, defense has been doing for for decades, and we'll we'll try to keep that up this year. 
Coach E, thanks for the time. We'll let you go uh, jump in the uh, in the cold bath. Thanks for the time. Thank you. <laughs> I don't think he did. He did not. He didn't. He didn't. Yeah, exactly. Um, so an issue uh, there at the very end brought up, um, he said a guy goes down, then you might be concerned, mm-hmm. specifically about the corners, but also kind of alluded to that with the safeties. But said, we feel good about the depth we have, but we need to stay healthy. Those are almost two different things to me. It's like either you feel good about the health, uh, or, or the depth, and you can account for maybe a guy goes down. But it feels like there's just he, – here's the thing. When you go into a season and you have players that you've seen play and that you trust, you feel good. If there are players that you're throwing in that you haven't seen in trusting situations, that haven't done it, you just are a little more weird. That doesn't mean they're not going to be able to play, but you just haven't seen it. And when you're playing Utah, Tennessee, USC, Washington to start, just makes you maybe a little bit nervous in the secondary – I think BYU likes the starters, but the backup's just imp- unproven at this point. Yeah, and, and the other you know, big question was the middle linebacker position. You heard mm-hmm. Coach Tuiaki uh, talk about uh, Keenan Peely, mm-hmm. and he's the guy that's really stood out and, and, and probably right now is probably considered the guy to maybe take over that middle linebacker spot. They said, but as, as, zero as, career tackles, yeah, we, which is yeah. pretty wild, right? It, that he's, it's still open. It's still a competition. But obviously, Coach Tuiaki mentioned him specifically as one guy they're looking uh, at that and have been really impressed with what they've seen from him. Trajan's younger brother. Correct. There you go. Correct. Coming up, Jerem goes one-on-one with defensive end Devin Kafusi. I'm going to lose that match. Who, who, by the way, I've been told does a spot-on impression of his brother's Bronson and Corbin. It was incredible. And where could the Cougars be bowling the next, perhaps, one, two, three, four, five years after this season? This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back. Uh, Jeremy Jordan, Jason Shepard, just discussing uh, turtlenecks during the break. And uh, Yacht Rock. And Yacht Rock. Yeah, compelling and rich content. Perhaps we'll throw that on Facebook Live <laughs> one day. In Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Let's check out some of today's headlines. Football practice 14 came and went uniquely... Uh, shaped in the manner of the players running the meetings in the practice. Lice Tuiaki told me after practice, uh, I've never done that in the spring or some, or uh, fall camp, which is really unique. After practice, Kalani Satake gave an update on defensive backs, senior Chris Wilcox and Troy Warner. Yeah, Chris was, was still working on him. We're, we're still trying to debate on um, what to do with him this year. So I think he's going through some um, rehab and some injury uh, recovery, so we'll see how that progresses between now and the game time. Does that apply to Troy Warner? Yeah, same thing. Yeah, I mean, those guys probably don't need a lot of game reps, but we'd like to get them ready soon uh, if they're going to play in the game. It'd be great if they could. If they can't, there is the option to redshirt them and even play them in the final four games if they're available later. That's new this year. Which, by the way, I learned uh, retroactively that Jake Oldroyd got a redshirt his freshman year. So he's a redshirt freshman this season. He's got four to kick, which is great. And has been very impressive mm-hmm. in camp. Bronson Kafusi had three tackles, a tackle for loss, and a sack in a 22-10 New York Jets preseason win over the Atlanta Falcons. Kafusi's strip sack of Falcons quarterback Matt Sims led to a fumble recovery and touchdown for the Jets. Your boy Taysom Hill, Corbin Kafusi, and the Saints play Michael Davis in the Chargers Sunday. Daniel Sorensen and the Chiefs. Go Chiefs! Also play this weekend, taking on the Stillers tomorrow night, and Kyle Van Oyen and the Patriots play the Titans. BYU Women's Soccer hosts Colorado College tomorrow night at Southfield. This will be the Cougars' final exhibition match before kicking off the regular season at Alabama Bring next on Thursday. Bama. That's right, we want Bama. Listen on BYUCougars.com and the BYU app. 
Greg Rubel, Avery Walker will have the call pregame at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time, first kick at 9 Eastern. We were at the scrimmage Wednesday. You were there the whole time. I was there part of the time. It was, uh, it was good to see. This, Southfield again yes. looks great. Really excited about the season. This is going to be a very, very good soccer team. Santa Clara 13th right now in the uh, coaches' poll. BYU 5 out. Uh, Brett McMurphy of Stadium Sports tweeted the following yesterday of interest to BYU. Pac-12's final bowl in the 20-25 to 25 bowl cycle will be split with Independence Bowl and ESPN-owned bowls versus Group 5 opponents, BYU or Army, sources told Stadium. Pac-12's other bowls in New Cycle, Rose, Alamo, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Holiday, Redbox, and Sun. So beyond this season, which is uh, should BYU be bowl eligible and not make the college football playoff, they would be in the Hawaii Bowl. And that's on Christmas Eve. Uh, I fully expect BYU to be in that bowl game this season. Uh, for programming around, people are like, is BYU going to be in a bowl game? I'm like, yes, they're going to be in a bowl game. Just count on it, right? Count down to kickoff that day. All good, right? And uh, Cougar pregame live and everything else. But this is interesting because uh, I I like the idea of a matchup against a Pac-12 team in a bowl game. A Power 5 bowl game has been something BYU's played at times, not as much recently. And BYU's Um, had success in those bowl games. Yes, one recently, not as much, but they're – well, yeah, some, some yes, some no. 2013 Washington, no. Uh, 2015 Utah, no. Uh, but there have You've been, beaten Oregon. You've beaten right, UCLA. Right. Back when BYU would win 10 or 11 games. <laughs> yes, <laughs> over a decade ago. Absolutely. So, obviously, the Rose is not a game BYU is going to be in. But Alamo. Or will they? Vegas, obviously, a lot of history there. I, I wouldn't mind going to Vegas every, like, five years with BYU. Los Angeles, that's a newer bowl game. Yes. Uh, or brand new. Holiday. I'd be, I'd be, it'd be awesome if BYU made a holiday. Well, that's a, that's a big game. Typically, that's the, uh, the Rose Bowl light, the JV Rose Bowl, if you will. And with BYU's history in that bowl, yes. that adds a, like, another level to it. Last year, it was the losers of the Big Ten and Pac-12 title games. It was Utah against Northwestern. Northwestern won. So that, that's, that's a good bowl game. There aren't a ton of great bowl games outside of the New Year's Six. I think holiday is a really good one. Red Box... That one's at Levi Stadium. Uh, that, that was formerly at AT&T Park. Essentially, BYU played in that one and three brand. The game has to be played within 24 hours, otherwise you get charged. <laughs> and if you want the Blu-ray, it's $2 instead of one. It's an yeah. extra dollar for your ticket. If and you then want. the Sun Bulls in El Paso. So I like uh, the possibility of this. This doesn't mean BYU will be in one, but I would say Alamo, Vegas, L.A. Holiday, Red Box, or Sun – that in the next five years, uh, it's conceivable that BYU could be in one of those games. And it opens up the possibility of having a second game against Utah. They're not going to rematch it. No. Why wouldn't they? It would be awesome. But it's Why not, wouldn't they? It's not going to happen. Because, <laughs> because it's not 07 with UCLA. <laughs> When the, there was a rematch, it's 12 years later. I it's understand just, they like try it. not to have rematches, but you can't. They can fully avoid it. But if you they want. can't tell me that that would not be an intriguing matchup for television, which is what yes. drives this. Yes, but the two schools have a. They partially have a say, right? And Larry Scott. They have could some say, say. Larry Scott could say, if this is played, it's at 9 a.m. <laughs> That's when it's going to be played, dang it. So, uh, yeah, we don't know BYU's bowl game ties beyond this season, so perhaps one of these. Coming up, Jacob Brugman refuses to not hit the baseball. His impressive numbers coming up in the whip. He is paid to do that, so that's good. Yes. And Devin Kafusi discusses how this group can get a pass rush with four and his spot-on impersonation of his two brothers. It was fantastic. This is BYU Sports Nation.
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The best of BYU Sports Nation airs Saturdays at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on BYU Radio and is also on the podcast feed featuring the best conversations and interviews each week. You should be prominently featured this week, because you will have been on two of the five shows. Uh, yeah, two of the five shows. Yeah, so at least 40% content from Jason Shepard. If I'm not, guy. I will know that Cole, who puts it together, <laughs> hates me. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Last Saturday, Zach Wilson, after the scrimmage, said the following. Uh, those Kafusis never run out of air. Uh, he was referencing Devin Kafusi, who's the third in line of Kafusi boys to play for BYU and is built in the same way as Bronson and Corbin. Aggressive, fierce, productive. Kafusi is a part of a defensive line with several returning quality players to look for more this season. Here's my conversation Tuesday after practice with the sophomore. All right, Devin, a little over two weeks to go. What kind of emotions are starting to be stirred within you about the fact that we're actually going to play a game soon? Uh, I'm just just so excited. Um, It's been such a hard offseason, and that's where we want it, just to get better, working hard. And it's the hardest I've ever worked for something, knowing – uh, we got that first game against Utah. And so it's just that excitement that everything's about to pay off come August 29th. And so uh, everyone, everyone's just trying their best to tighten up and uh, to play the best that we can play and execute um, so that we may win. We've been hearing this a lot in the offseason of, hey, we're super motivated, focused. Why, this, why was this offseason more so that way? Is it because Utah's the first game? Uh, I believe so. I think just how the Utah game went last year, us going up on them and then not being able to finish. Uh, really, we learned a lot from that, and just knowing that we have such a quick turnaround to start with them, and so it's really just an ultimate chance to to prove ourselves um, for ourselves and as a team. Um, that game really uh, really struck deep with everyone, and so just knowing that we're able to first game of the season, we can you know we can overcome uh, what we failed to do last year is really exciting, and and is what kept everyone focused and working hard, and so. That's what I really loved about this team in this offseason. Everyone's kind of been all in. There hasn't been any moaning or groaning about, oh, we got to work out this or this. It's everyone wants to be here. Um, you know, we get to be here. Everyone wants to be here. Everyone wants to win. And so it's really contagious, and it's been spreading throughout the whole team and throughout this whole fall camp. Before the interview, you said you could sense that football's in the air. Yeah. Will you describe how you made that discovery? Oh, I, I just uh, I was going home in the evening, and, I don't know, I live up on the mountainside, and it's a little bit cooler up there, and I just, I just kind of felt um, it wasn't normal, still kind of hot summer night when the sun's down and moon out, moon's out. It was kind of sweater weather type of, type of temperature, and, um, and that just got me excited for football. It just felt like um, kind of how it is under the lights in Lavelle Edwards. And so um, it's always just a great blessing and opportunity to play in front of all the great fans, and can't wait to see them all on the 29th. If we weren't standing in the sun, I would totally agree with you. (laughs) We are both sweating right here. Uh Um, Let's talk about your play. Uh, Freshman year last year, really good season. How do you feel like you've improved going into your sophomore season? I'm just playing, yeah, freshman year. I'm just backing up my brother and just coming off a mission and physically and uh, mentally just soaking everything in that first year. Staying healthy was kind of my big goal and have a good foundation. And so I'm just springboarding off that first year into this year. Um, being stronger, being faster, knowing the defense better, um, feeling more confident in myself. And those aspects allows me to, to become the player I know I can become. On Saturday after the scrimmage, Zach Wilson said, 
those kafusis don't run out of air, meaning you can run all day. Yeah. Is that some? Do you agree with that statement? Do you feel like you're in great shape that you can run a bunch? Uh, I do. I, I kind of try to pride myself, and even my brothers, we always try to pride ourselves on that because they see us as, you know, the tallest guys out there. Um, usually, one of the biggest guys out there, and you don't think those guys can run or have motors, but we've always just took it upon our, ourselves, just, um, yeah, nonstop motor, and just keep keep going. Um, no matter what the play is, just always getting to the ball and showing up um, wherever the ball is. And so uh, and it'll, it'll pay, it pays off for sure. Let's talk about this defensive line. You return, Kyra Stronger returns, Lorenzo Falatea, Trajan Peely, a bunch of other guys. How do you feel about this D-line that hopefully is a, a group that can get pressure with four? Mm-hmm. I feel really great. I mean, all these guys, um, you know, Kyra's there in the middle holding it down for us. And then for the rest of us around him, we're, we're just working hard and trying to match his tempo and match his physicality and how we played our technique on the defensive line. And all the guys around the defensive line, we're all kind of in the same boat, just ready to break out and have our own great uh, great season and contribute to the team. Um, that first being pressure on the quarterback. And um, when we're able to do that, that just kind of makes everything easier on the defense, getting pressure on the quarterback. How are you a different player on the field than your brothers? Or maybe you're similar. Um, biggest difference, uh, I'd say, um, it's kind of, I kind of like more of a natural twitch for it, I'd say, um, for certain, for certain things, uh, whether it comes to my technique or just getting to the ball. Um, I think that's, that's my difference. Uh, and what I've seen personally within myself, um, it's been hard to see outside, you know, it, it, not having that many reps, uh, similar, um, just going back to getting to the ball and motor, that's, that's the one thing you got to have if you want to be successful, especially on the defensive line. That's where the defensive linemen stand out is the guys that have the motor to keep going on six-play, eight-play drives and still come up with a big play. Talking with Devin Kafusi on BYU Sports Nation, who has the best sack celebration among the three of you? Ooh. I'll say me, so keep an eye out for it. <laughs> saving it? Say Saving it, yeah, for sure, but... I'm, it's not because mine's better. It's just my brothers are really bad. <laughs> Theirs is just really bad. I don't know. They're just, I don't know, like brain dead when they get a sack or something. There's, what was bad? Oh, man, Bronson just does his, he does like a happy clap always. He's always, yeah, like a clap and a head nod. And Corbin just like beats himself in the head like the madman he is. And very so, brute. Very right? brute, yeah. Just, just kind of, you know, rough and tough, you know, gorilla. You, can you give us a clue of what yours will be more like? Do you have it down already? Because um, if you wait till the moment, it's going to be brute, right? It's going to be bleh. It might be brute, but I'm kind of just subtle. You know, I act like you've been there before. And so um, but for me, it's just I'm plan, planning and hoping to get in the backfield just like the rest of our guys. And so um, when you're back there all the time, no need to really celebrate. And so just keep doing it. Was your mom in charge of getting the scooters in Provo? Because I'm really happy about that. Yeah, and so uh, she was excited about that. Um, they have one at, we have one at home that we've been, like, t- test running and everything. She said, oh, keep it a secret. And, uh, well, the, the cat's out of the bag. Yeah, it's out of the bag now. So everyone <laughs> everyone jump on your scooter down in uh city of Provo. Um, really fun. They even haul me around. So Is there one tall enough for you? Uh, not really, but my dad jumps on it and stuff, and he's, he's pretty big. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a fun time, and so we love what she, I love her as a mother and what she does for the city, and so it's it's really great to see her keep doing what she loves to do. Remind me, are you the right end? Um, it switches up, okay. and so I was right end last year. That's usually where I, I filled in, and then uh, so far this off season, working up the hill, I've been 
preferring the left end. Okay. So you you against Harris Lachance a lot? Is yeah, that what's going Harris. on? So all last year was all Brady. I saw Brady every day. Now just it's been me and Harris, and so that's been really fun because Harris and I came in together at the same time, and we kind of been in the same boat, and so we're just making each other better, and so we we, we love it. We've seen each other each day, and and we're great friends. It's kind of funny. Um, someone I go up against every day, and you know you, you really should hate seeing and stuff, but Harris and I we we have a we have a ball because we're. Uh, weightlifting partners and right, locker buddies, and so he's a great guy as well, and just make each other better. We're about midway through camp. Uh, what do you feel like this team's accomplished so far? Um, accomplished? Um, I think right off the get-go, we were able to um, get rid of the kind of the you know the things that were obvious to 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 do to have a great season, a great team. Um, kind of the discipline, the energy of getting to the ball as a defense, offense, all the checkdowns, all the simple um, change-ups or audibles, and so when we're able to get that little stuff out of the way, we're able to perfect uh, really the main big things, which is executing the play, and which then leads us to you know uh, playing with playing with that heart and playing, going hard each play. And so uh, being able to accomplish that and just get better uh, has, has been a big thing because there's really no secret. It's just hard work day in and day out and just putting those days uh, one after another um, to get the big picture. And so... I thought you looked like your brothers before, but during this interview, I've had flashes of Bronson and Corbin just in a row. It's 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 wild, dude. It's wild. People all the time. I can. We all got the same like fake laugh, kind of. We do. We go like, ha ha, yeah, that or a, a Corbin line. This is a, a Corbin right here. He's like, what's crazy? Or, or or Bronson. He's just like really like smiley and like ha ha ha. And so, I got him down to the T. I always tell everyone when we when we get together. I'm definitely the, the most mature one because they're like they turn into two big four-year-olds, and so uh, those are really large four-year-olds. Really large four-year-olds, and so when they get together, it's 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 something else. And so I'm always the one holding it down for us. And so those were incredible impersonations. Yeah. I want to congratulate. Really you. good. I, I I do it sometimes in the locker room, and people turn around and think that I was Corbin here or Bronson here, and so it freaks them out. And so, well, that's awesome. Continue to stay healthy. BYU Sports Nation karma to you in uh, two weeks, baby. Two weeks. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> spot on. Those were spot on. spot on. And he should, right? He's the brother. He's those are two big four year olds. <laughs> well, really big four year olds. Bronson's hair, by the way. That hair wow. is impressive. Wow. Did the hockey the other day after yes. just practice? Had the strip sack. And then uh, Corbin trying to do work with the Saints. What a what a family. Alexis played. Uh Daryl uh played soccer. Yeah. What a like what a family! The mom's the mayor. They're like, riding scooters around. We're a huge fan of the scooters. Oh, we love it. When we went when we went to Nashville, uh, we went around uh, you know Broadway and the whole downtown. It was awesome. So. We need to do that in Provo. We haven't done it. Yet. We, yeah, it's, it's on the it's no, on the agenda. You, you can't take them on campus though. Correct. Yeah, you cannot have the them issue. on campus, but. Yeah. Might take like a you know lunch break one mm-hmm. of these days and ride so, the scooter. So what do we have to do? We have to walk to the scooter. And we walk then to the scooter, then we get on I'll the scooter. Also, in the scooter, the point anyway. All yeah. right, coming up. How about a Zach Blair update at the Nationwide Children's Hospital Championship on the Corn Ferry Tour, whatever that is, or whoever that is, <laughs> and which BYU team is on the verge of winning its first national championship, according to somebody. This is BYU Sports Nation. Thanks to today's guests, Elias Tuiaki and Devin Kafusi. The show on demand via podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. 
BYU football fall camp taking today and tomorrow off. Just under two weeks until the Utah game. Kalani said they're still debating on what to do with corner Chris Wilcox and safety Troy Warner this season. Cougars in the NFL. Bronson Kafusi had three tackles, a tackle for loss, and a sack in a 22-10 New York Jets preseason win over the Atlanta Falcons. Kafusi's strip sack led to a fumble recovery and touchdown by the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. Taysom Hill, Corbin Kafusi, and the Saints play Michael Davis and the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday at 4 Eastern time. You can watch on CBS. Daniel Sorensen and the Chiefs, hashtag Chiefs Kingdom, at the Pittsburgh Steelers tomorrow night, 7.30 Eastern on the NFL Network. And Kyle Van Oy and the Patriots play the Titans at 7 Eastern. Soccer. Hashtag offsides. The women's team hosts Colorado yeah. College tomorrow night at Southfield in its only exhibition of the season. Listen to it on the BYU Cougars app starting with pregame at 8.30 Eastern. Volleyball. BYU Women's Volleyball was picked by NCAA Volleyball as one of the five potential teams who could win their first NCAA title this season. The WCC preseason coaches poll favors BYU to win the conference. No surprise there. And the AVCA preseason coaches poll ranks the Cougars at number nine. Cougars in the minors. Jackson Clough had an RBI single in the eighth of the Hagerstown-West Virginia matchup, putting the Suns up 4-3 in the game. They won 6-3 eventually. It was one for three, two RBIs, two walks for the Suns. Jacob Brugman went three for five with a home run and three RBI for your Tacoma Rainiers in an eight to four win over the Fresno Grizzlies. Brugman currently leading the team, his batting average at 280. Cougars in the PGA. Zach Blair is playing in the National Children's Hospital Championship. Blair is through 16, one under, tied for 35th. Back to me. Our rise and shout out is a mutual one. It goes to uh, our boy Tyson Hutchins. BYU Athletics, digital content uh, creator. You see a lot of his videos come out from BYU on social media. Fantastic videos. And uh, he and his wife had uh, their first child yesterday. Absolutely. Mac Tyson Hutchins. Yeah, born baby. yesterday afternoon. Mom Lauren and baby uh, are doing just fine. Congratulations to Tyson and his now growing family. Very Great. cool. Very cool. Our question of the day, what's the biggest area of improvement that the BYU defense needs to make this season? The Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Goes to at BayOSD on Twitter. They need to quadruple the number of sacks on the quarterback. That's it? That's all you want? That lead to fumble recoveries for touchdowns since they're already going to be great in other areas on the field. I like icing on my cake, which is what that would be to shut down other teams' offenses. Mm, Icing. Conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always use the hashtag BYUSA. Apologies to Dennis Pitta. No time for Jason. I'm Jerem. Shout out to Bill Galloway. See you tomorrow for the best of BYU Sports Nation. We're back here on Monday, noon Eastern time.